All right, everybody. Welcome back to the best hour of their day. Fern here. I'm going to do solo again. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about um, something that is uh, largely falls in the unpleasant bucket. And that's uh, kind of the hiring and firing. So this came up at the at a level two uh, this weekend that I was working with Chuck. And he kind of put me on the spot um, for a Q&A with the group. And uh, but I thought it was a relevant topic for discussion. Uh, and when now that I'm thinking about this, I'm I think I'm gonna have one of my members come on and do an interview, and and we'll walk through it a little bit more because he has far more experience. And I'm gonna say my his number at this point is probably he is either done collectively between hiring and firing something between 500 to a thousand hires and fires, and uh, so he's got an, a, an incredible amount of experience in there, but. Uh, I do want to give you guys my perspective on that, and uh, it's shifted over the years, and none of this is hard and fast. Uh, obviously, with regard to firing, there are some hard and fast rules, meaning if, if somebody does something unethical, if they steal, you know, if they're sleeping with the help, all that stuff, like if they're if they're doing things that you would be embarrassed to tell your mother about, then probably firing is in order, um, but we will get to that. So first... Um, what I would tell you is uh, my position has switched over the years, and uh, I like I am largely I wouldn't say I'm fast on firing, but I'm excuse me fast on hiring, but I'm much faster than I used to be on hiring. And uh, I think the big takeaway with that is, regardless of what your process is, whatever your filter looks like, you're never going to get it right all the time. So don't put all your eggs in this basket of this perfectly thought out process that's going to give you this immaculate end state at the end because you will get it wrong you will you will get it wrong eventually uh, and that's largely because um, we're all flawed but it's also because of the nature of hiring uh, and I've had I've had I had somebody tell me once before that you know when somebody tries out or they do an interview uh, it's deceiving and we have to realize that like that is the best that we're ever going to see of them that is the best version of them you are ever going to get. So in that instance, if it is not really, really good, that's probably an easy no. Uh, and you can kind of fire this person before you end up firing them um, for something else later on down the road because they just put on their, you know, their Sunday best for the interview uh, and didn't show you all the stuff they had in the closet. And um, so... Largely, I would say do both quickly and because you can just correct all the time. Um, now, with regard to hiring, I think before you do anything, I think there's probably, if I'm looking back on it, there's like several relevant questions that I think need to be asked. And the first one is, do you need to hire? So if it's just, if it's just you and you're a one-man band, depending on the number of athletes you have in the gym, you need to figure out, A, do I need to hire anybody? Uh, because if I'm just starting this up and, and I'm trying to keep my cost down, then you, you're going to have to do everything yourself, and that's okay. Because you need to develop some sort of, some level of competency in all of those things anyway. Uh, and if you don't have a ton of members, then you know guess what? You're in luck. You're not super busy anyway, so just continue to do everything but have a plan for hiring. Once you do get to that point, and again, this is relative. There's probably a sliding scale in this for when you should hire people. You need to figure out what you're going to hire for. Um, so what am I hiring or who am I hiring? And there, you basically kind of have two buckets with regard to 
who I'm going to hire. So there's kind of administrative roles and tasks within the business, and then there's coaching. <clears throat> and I would tell you, in my experience, uh, most gym owners are, are were probably coaches and then had a passion for CrossFit, and then they opened a gym. So kind of coach is their thing, and they're probably one of the better coaches on the floor. So you should continue to coach. So in those instances, it is generally, not always, it is generally better if that person looks and starts to seek out help on the admin side before they do anything else. So I would take a look at, okay, if I'm going to be on the floor and that's where I'm best utilized, what are the admin functions that I can hire for first, right? And and the reality is like the admin side of the house, let's say they have a you know, if you're running five to seven classes a day, you have anything between 100 to 135 classes a month. Um, that's a lot of hours. Uh, admin is generally cheaper to pay for, and it generally requires less total time on the calendar than coaching does, particularly when you're a startup or a, or a new gym. So admin is generally your probably better option and you just need to figure out like what those admin functions are that you want to get rid of first and i would tell you like most things like scheduling inputting stuff into the website um you know and scheduling is probably not even a thing if you're the only person so that's not even a function you have to worry about that's only really becomes an issue as the team grows um so then you're looking at like website input maybe doing some social media posts um account or member account maintenance so all of those things collectively in any given gym i don't know six hours a week you know let's just call it 10 hours a week two hours a day doing admin functions which is very realistic most of them don't really take that long if you just sit down and jam for two hours you can outsource that you can bring in somebody pay them you know 20 bucks an hour or something like that uh, maybe 15 10 depending on what it is that you can afford and then start offloading those things and a lot of these things if you can find a VA or so a virtual assistant who can do this for the right price you can outsource that to somebody uh, and avoid the whole kind of HR thing just right out of the gate uh, and not even worry about that you can just deal with somebody virtually who you can give access to your Wattify account you can give them access to your email and then you just create protocols with that person and um, I played around with this in the past and um there, there does, there is some, some kind of irony out in that process when you're looking for a VA to do things because they're not all great. They're like anything else. There's not all great CrossFit coaches, not all great doctors, and there's also not all great VAs. But if you can find VAs that are that can help you, that can, they can be a tremendous help because they're usually they're usually very admin savvy and they can do most things that would take us an hour in 20 minutes because that's just what they do all day. They're a VA because that is their super skill. So. If you can do that, generally I would give them like the immediate functions that probably cause you pain points and that probably don't have significant impact on the business, meaning like they're not going to be managing money or anything like that. Um, and then what you do is you kind of give them some preset parameters, be like, this is how it's done. If you want to put in redundancies of any type, uh, for instance, if it was email communication that you want them to take over, <clears throat> pretty simple kind of um fix or kind of uh, means for oversight is have them BCC you or blind uh, carbon copy on you um, the what any response that they do to anybody that way you can see all of the correspondence and uh, because most VAs if you don't know this you do have to coach them like you're gonna have to coach them on how you want things done and when and where and all that stuff 
So look into that. There's a ton of different, I'm not going to go through any VA services, but like, you know, you can do a lot of that stuff um, and you can find them that are really, really good. And there are actually VAs out there who, who kind of specialize in the CrossFit space. So they know all how to do Wattify and push press and Zen planner uh, and all that stuff. So um, you can look at that and, um, and maybe go that route. If you're going to bring somebody in, then again, you still need to look at all of those functions. And the first thing you do before you hire anybody is you need to make a job description and probably have a coach contract. So you can't just bring somebody in and be like, hey, you're going to do this. A couple of things you have to have in there is I need to have all of the specifics about what it is that they're going to do, right? So I need the who, what, when, where, and why. I need who it is that I'm looking for with regard to the job. Then from there, I need who do they report to? So they can't just come in and just never report to anybody. They need to have like specific, you know, report to you on certain things. When do they need to report? What do they need to report? And how do they need to report it? So for instance, if they're going to report things to you, let's just call, let's just say it's admin functions and you want monthly metrics pushed to you on a weekly basis. You would say, hey, you're going to pull these reports. This is exactly how you pull them. I want you to export them to Excel, Excel spreadsheet. I want you to put them in an email. And then I want you to uh, take this template in the body uh, or the text body of the email and highlight those things in there with the, with the numbers in there. And I want that those reports sent to me at 8.15 every Wednesday. Uh, unless I tell you otherwise. And that's pretty clear. They know what they're supposed to do. They know who they're supposed to give it to. They know when they're supposed to give it to you and they know how to do it. This is generally how you avoid big, big problems because firings generally tend to happen because there was expectation issues. And we'll talk about that when we get to the firing. But um, usually people are just like, I don't want to do this. You take it. Uh, and there's not a ton of real clear guidance there. And that becomes a really, really big problem in the long term because that's my fault for not really, really outlining that and how that's supposed to happen. So uh, in my experience, in a lot of instances, the admin stuff is the first thing you should take off your plate uh, because when people are getting burned out, it's because they're doing both. So if you're, if you're getting back 10 hours a week, you're probably okay to coach 15 to 25 classes a week, particularly if there's gaps in between those. Um, so if you're going to do that, I, tr I, I highly recommend looking at the uh, admin side of the house and then um, looking at both in-house and VA functions uh, if, if that's something you're interested in. But again, don't go into this with rose-colored glasses and think you're just going to dump a bunch of stuff on a VA and they're just going to do it. Both of these scenarios are going to require very clear expectations, probably some sort of outline and, um, and doing that stuff. Now, when you're talking about creating a job description, you, you can look most of this stuff out, but it's basically like a you know list of tasks that they would have to do, uh, what the job requires, all of that stuff. And then when you're training them, if you want to do that, if you guys have not looked up, most of this admin stuff is like it's all done in a computer, which means you don't have to write an SOP, right? So that's, that's I don't know, this is 2020 almost. You don't need to write an SOP. If you guys are not familiar with Loom, so Loom is just an online platform, and there's an app for it too. You can there's an app for your desktop and app for your phone as well. But it's basically just a screen capture. It's kind of like QuickTime, but Loom is a little interesting because it does screenshot and um, uh, kind of like screen in screen video of you. So as I'm walking through something that would, I don't know, I'm doing building a membership in Wattify or something like that. You, it's going to have a screenshot of you in the corner and you can move that around. But what this allows you to do is it allows you to take some of the intricacies that can be problematic with some of these processes and really walk them out on screen 
and verbally you can talk about it. You can tell people that, hey, this little toggle switch is not really as intuitive uh, and easy to find as it may seem. It's right over here in the corner. You're going to hit this. It'll drop down. And this is how you'll go from there. Uh, the other beautiful thing about that is um, it records everything and gives you links there. So you don't have to download files for this. So like in QuickTime, I'm going to do a recording. It's going to give me a file that I now have to uh, take and transport to something like Vimeo or YouTube. Uh, Loom is just going to uh, it's just going to share it to that website, and then that is now a link that you can post somewhere and be like, here's how you build memberships. Watch this video. So you can start handing those functions off uh, if you're if you're going to do admin first. And that's what I would tell you first is if, you, if you're in that position where you're, like, looking to hire, um, then I would do the admin first. Um, and, I, and I forgot to mention this before, but the first thing you should be looking for is, like, it, can you afford it? And if you can't afford it, then guess what? You're stuck like Chuck, and you should still be doing that. Uh, but then what you need to figure out is like roughly what's it going to cost me to do this if it's four to five hundred bucks as soon as you can hit that revenue number you ha should have all this stuff lined out and you can start going through the vetting process and figure out if I can hand that off free up 10 hours and then I'm just going to move on to the next process and the good thing about those things is um, with regard to like having to potentially take those back in the, in the event of some sort of like financial catastrophe you could probably keep those a pretty low-hanging fruit uh, or in pretty minimal cost uh, because if that's the issue and you need to be out on the floor more like you're going to want to try to want to be out on the floor as much as possible so um, now on the other hand if you have got all that covered and you want to hire new coaches that's a little bit of a different ball game and um, there's probably two tracks in my mind and I and this is one where I think most CrossFit gyms do it I'll say less than ideal in a less than ideal scenario. And what they do is they do a ton of assumption. Um, they don't do any vetting uh, or they're overly critical uh, and married to their process. They have this perfect onboarding and on-ramp process and they're going to get this perfect product on the back end. I just not really sure that's a thing. And um, I think, you know, you should be prepared to do both. And so, with the admin stuff, that's usually just a quick interview in my mind. Be like, does this person have the background? Is this something that falls into their skill set? And then if it if it checked both of those boxes, then I'm probably going to bring that person on um, because those are the easiest ones to like. It's not a ton of work. It's generally like part part time, and uh, it's easy to take back if you need to. Coaching is a little bit different because that's a personal interaction on the floor. Uh, however. Most people, you know, I've seen people have like a 12-month intern process, uh, and I'm not sure. I mean, if that works for you, great. I'm not hating on it, but you might be in a position where you might need to bring somebody on sooner. So um, the there's probably like two tracks. So I have no, somebody that has no experience and somebody that is experienced. And if you're not planning for both, I think there's this weird assumption that people can only come from in the community in a lot of uh, CrossFit gyms. And I just don't think that's the case. I think as the CrossFit community matures there's going to be coaching opportunities as we all get better at business and we can hire outside and that's probably a really really good thing you know I would hope to think that you know if myself uh, or you know somebody else who has been working on seminar staff for several several years was looking for a job opportunity that you probably wouldn't require that they go through a full three to six month internship <coughs> I would however expect that there is some degree of vetting, meaning they have to do some sort of interview. There might be some sort of trial period with regard to all of that. So I think you should be set up for both. 
and um, you do need to screen everybody. You know, you need to make sure, you know, that you know you check all your, you know, P's and Q's, cross all your T's, dot all your I's as far as like <clears throat> what it is that you're looking for, what they're going to be responsible for, and then what their job entails. And then I need to see like, are they good enough? And and that's a pretty simple test meaning like they can come in and they can do a, a, an in-person interview and sit down and be like do I even like you because if I don't like you well then I'm sure shit not gonna hire you but then from there you know you can do some controlled environment coaching where I maybe have them coach five or six athletes and I give them some stuff to do and you're gonna have a pretty good idea of where their skill set lies by simply watching something like that and then one level past that maybe I have them come in and guest coach and I just see if I like what they got going on um, and then ask them like you know some, you know, typical interview questions, but I think the hiring process is, I think we all like to think that we have like the greatest eye for, you know, human beings and all that stuff. And you're going to get it wrong. I'm going to tell you right now, um, you're going to get it wrong. And that kind of leads me into the next piece, which is the firing aspect and firing sucks. I think anybody that enjoys firing people is a huge asshole. And, uh, I've done, I've done pretty much all of it. I've um, I've had to let people go in other professions, lay people off. I've had to do, um, you know, firings for a cause and people absolutely deserve to be fired. You know, we've had to let people go that we didn't want to let go in certain scenarios. Uh, it all sucks. And uh, there is no sugarcoating that. Like, there's nothing cool about sitting across from somebody else, even somebody who has wronged you in some instances, and saying we are in no longer in need of your services. And um, it's just a bummer, right? Because you probably have some degree of relationship with this person, particularly if it's in a micro gym or CrossFit gym. Um, you've probably created, you probably developed some sort of a relationship and then you have to break that relationship. And it generally will not be mended uh, in my experience. It's, you're, we're not going to, we might be amicable, but we're not going to be friends afterwards. Um, so you just have to know that going in. Now, some ways you can kind of make this easier for yourself and, um, you know, the first thing is like, why are we having this conversation about firing somebody? Uh, and I think that one usually gets skipped over. And like I said, there's the easy ones. There's so-and-so stole or, you know, they did something completely unethical and, and negligent in the sense that, you know, like no mindful, logical human being would have done that. And we've come to the conclusion that this is probably not the place for you. That's the easy stuff. That's not the stuff anybody's really worried about. It's all the other ones that are kind of passive aggressive. Um, you know, people become, you know, I don't know, so kind of like non-confrontational, but, you know, passive aggressive at the same time while, be, you know, like you, you guys all know what I'm talking about. They send, you know, snide emails and, you know, po like gently poking other coaches in the eye, stuff like that. Like that stuff starts to rear its head. <clears throat> and it's not that they've done anything wrong, but they generally have like these mild conflicts with either the staff or the members. It happens, right? There's just kind of this bug that keeps getting dropped in the air that so-and-so uh, is, you know, somewhat of a turd. But the, again, so the question is, why is this going on? And generally it is because me or you as the leader or the boss has not created the appropriate expectation. And I said this at the seminar when I got asked the question, and I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous, but if you do not tell people you will be fired for doing X, Y, and Z, they probably assume that it's okay. And it's not. So you have to tell people that. If you steal, you will be fired. If you show up late for class, you get one warning because we've all done that. If you miss multiple classes, you're going on a one-month vacation, and then you have to do that. So 
if you have contracts in place that outline what they're supposed to do and if they sign it well everything's really easy at that point um, and then if people don't want to sign it then they don't work for you remember this is not something where like the person who is in there doing that like it's not really a negotiation like they either sign it or they don't they don't really have an option because they're the one looking for the job you don't have to give them the job they don't have to take it so um, just get coach contracts in place if at all possible because it just really makes everything really clear because when they break the rules that were clearly outlined in the contract then you can just reference that instead of having this weird pissing contest about like I like the way that I do it more than I like the way that you do it and that makes you a bad person that just makes you a crappy leader and doesn't help you have an objective conversation now <clears throat> with regard to the expectations um, here's where I have fallen short on many many occasions and here's where most of us fall short and that is there's difference between setting expectation and enforcing expectation. And most people don't have a problem setting expectation uh, when compared to enforcing expectation. It's cool to say, hey, we show up on time. It's much more difficult to say, um, if you show up late, uh, I'm going to take you off the schedule for a month. And then they show up late, and then you actually have to take them off the schedule for a month. So um, if you're going to do that, the biggest thing you can do is you have to set that standard because typically – once you set the standard, everybody will abide. Once people realize that there are repercussions for their actions, they tend to get in line. When problems tend to start creeping up and rearing their head, it's because the standard is no longer being enforced. This is no different than people um, who kind of shave reps in the gym. It's just like as long as you let them do that um, and you kind of like don't either not acknowledge it or just kind of call them out and go over there and count their reps and do stuff like that. Um, then they'll do it. You know, it's no different than judging uh, an, an athlete at the games. They will take what you give them. So if they don't abide by the standard, the best bet as a judge is like, I don't feel bad. You just got to have to take that rep. And then guess what? They all fall in line very, very quickly because they're professionals and they want to win. And your coaches are largely the same. Like nobody wants to be fired. Nobody wakes up in the morning is like, man, I can't wait to really suck at doing the thing that I like today. And it's usually because we just didn't set the expectations. So really have to set the expectation of what is expected and then we have to enforce it and um, enforcing it can be very very difficult and have hard conversations you need to have hard conversations frequently don't avoid them if there's a problem nip it in the bud if you hear something you know the water cooler stuff going on pull people in find out the exact specifics about it and address it head on the best way to avoid problems in your gym is to squash any sort of drama as fast as humanly possible and that means you're going to have to have some hard conversations. You're going to have to do some fact-finding. You're going to have to do some research. You're going to have to get everything together. You're going to have to put all that stuff. And then you're going to have to sit down with so-and-so and be like, this is what I know. Is there anything that I don't know um, with regard to this? And then they'll either give you yes or give you no. And then you go from there and determine what needs to go on from there. But usually when this happens is because I either didn't set the expectation or I got lax with enforcing the expectation and people started really kind of running away with themselves and, uh, and kind of doing whatever they want. Um, and then when you decide you're going to fire somebody, just fire them quickly and don't make it an ordeal. One of the weird questions I get um, on a regular basis is, should I send an email out to the member base? And the answer is a no. No. It doesn't matter. Like, it's none of their business. And I know you're like, well, but the members really like them. Listen, I'm telling you, I've, I've fortunately only had to let two employees go, and they were both for cause in 10 years, I didn't send an email about either one of them. And 
eventually people will ask or they won't ask. And you'd be surprised um, how many people will not ask. They're just going to assume that so-and-so went away, but you do not need to make drama out of something that doesn't need to be drama. And the reality is that's not how it works in the real world. If I worked at Starbucks, you know, I'm not going to make an announcement to the to to all of my customers that Johnny the barista got fired. Johnny's just not going to be there tomorrow when I go get coffee, and so and so is not going to be there tomorrow when the six a.m. kicks off. It's going to be somebody else. People might ask. You can just say very politely, "We parted ways." Um, so you don't need to do that. Who does need to know is the staff, and they need to know as much as they need to know, uh, and that's going to be up for you to determine. But when you're firing fire quickly and uh, and just move on it doesn't need to be this ordeal in both instances again i fired both for cause and um it was a non-issue moving forward it was a thing for about 30 minutes and everybody's like okay cool moving on um <coughs> excuse me um the members uh, you, there might be some fear that the members might leave for the coach and largely if you're doing your job they're far more attached to your gym and you than they are to the coach uh, and if they're attached to the coach, then that's uh, a different conversation altogether. And I'm not even saying that's a bad thing, but it is a different conversation altogether. So, um, but that's kind of my uh, experience with it. You know, I think you should do, f I think you should hire probably a little bit faster than, uh, than you do if you need it. But the first question you should be asking yourself is like, do I need to hire? What do I need to hire for? And am I prepared to hire? You know, am I ready to take somebody on to take this role? Um, and then when you're firing, like, why am I firing? Is this my fault or is this their fault? And that's not to say that you can't fire somebody if it's your fault. And I mean your fault in the set that you did not lead well. You didn't set the expectation. You need to make sure they understood what was supposed to happen and when and why and all those things. Um, you can still fire people for that. Um, and in the contract, it should say what you can and can't fire people for. And largely, for the most part, uh, particularly if they're 1099s, you can fire people for pretty much anything. Um, so... That is my two cents on that. Uh, it was a question that came up, and I think a lot of people struggle with that because it sucks. Like I said, if you enjoy firing people, you're a gigantic asshole, and uh, that's weird. So hiring and firing, if you guys got questions, please hit us up. Um, and if you have not asked somebody who has a ton of experience with this, do that. I guarantee you have a member in your gym who works for a large company or owns a company who has significant amount of experience with this who will help you, who will help guide you through that process. Uh, I know in the, in the past, I have always leaned on a couple uh, very specific people who are very well versed in this, who have been my litmus test and the person that I bounce ideas off of when this stuff comes up because they lived it already. So you don't have to go through it. CrossFit gyms are not special. You're going to hire and fire people just like everybody else. And there's people that do that really, 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 really well. So reach out, ask for help. Um, but again, hopefully you're getting to the point where you definitely have to hire people. Uh, eventually you're going to have to fire people. So it's not something you should put your hand, your head in the sand over, but that's all I got for today. I hope this was helpful. If you guys have questions, hit me up, hit us in the DM, hit me up on the DM, jfern3 on IG, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did one more time, please. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast and send us any feedback you have to at best hour of their day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.